When I was six and on holiday with my family, we walked into a video store to buy some movies to take home. I immediately picked up a forgettable animation film, but the store clerk shook his head and showed my father a case from the top shelf. I can still remember it to this day. The box art had three men with strange uniforms and the words, They're here to save the world, Ghostbusters. From that afternoon till today, I've been fascinated and entertained by this film. I've had its one-liners and music with me my whole life, which is why I want to share this with all of you. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Season 1 for Listen to the Film, a podcast where we examine a soundtrack's significance to the film and its longevity once the credits on the screen have finished rolling. I want to say thank you to everyone that has listened for the past two months. The support and positive feedback has been overwhelming and much appreciated. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please drop me a rating and a review. My name is Chamilla. Let's get our proton packs on and listen to the film. Released in 1984 and starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis and Sigourney Weaver, the film would go on to become a pop culture phenomenon. It was like nothing that had been done at the time. A semi-serious plot about scientists who capture ghosts for a living is strange, but include the comedic talents of the actors and it becomes essential viewing. The soundtrack would be a tonally ideal partner to the supernatural satire. Centred around the Ray Parker Jr. theme, Elmer Bernstein would build a score that would take this comedy from fun to terrifying with ease. The other tracks will also play a role within the film and leave fond memories for decades to come. Our story begins in the bellows of the New York City Public Library. We follow a caretaker returning books when she's interrupted by flying index cards. Terrified, she runs through the maze of shelves. The score will follow with the tempo of giant footsteps. She then runs straight into an unseen terror. Before we have any time to register a reaction, the famous No Ghost logo appears with the equally famous Ray Parker Jr. theme song. We meet our ethically borderline scientists, Peter Venkman, Ray Stantz, and Egon Spengler. These three who study the paranormal will visit the library to investigate the earlier incident. Humorous piano scales will follow as Peter and Ray walk up the grand stairs.
with Egon and Ray convinced there'll be a ghost at every corner, Peter will continue to mock them with disbelief. He eats his words quickly as they make contact with a fairly placid apparition. Unlike Casper, however, this ghost turns into a beastly creature, sending our heroes hilariously screaming out of the library. The track cleaning up the town with its funky swing eases the jump scare. Kicked out of the university for their lack of trying, our trio explores the idea of catching and storing ghosts. Finding an old firehouse and using all of their money, they find themselves in the ghost-busting business. Enter their first customer, Dana Barrett, played by the versatile Sigourney Weaver. As she walks into the firehouse, the delightful piano follows a naturally curious string section. After finding nothing paranormal in her apartment, Peter, in his best game show host impression, promises to solve this mystery if she will go out with him. She throws him out. As the trio toasts their first and only customer, we hear the fire bell and the words, We got one. The track cleaning up the town is repeated as they head to their first real job. After causing as much destruction as possible, but eventually capturing the phantasm, our trio begin taking calls all over the city. The Ray Parker Jr. classic plays again over the hero montage. The track adds to the ironic theme of the film, not taking itself too seriously and still having fun. This self-awareness is why we are attracted to it. In what could be considered the shortest interview for the most dangerous job, we have our fourth Ghostbuster, Winston, who will round out the team with some sense of reality. Peter, not undetermined in his efforts to sway Dana's attention, brings some more information related to her case. She finally warms to him and agrees on a date as the score matches with old classic tones of romance and fanfare.
In the upcoming scenes, Dana and her peculiar neighbor are attacked and possessed by evil. It seems their building is an antenna for paranormal activity. Peter, fully expecting to have his date, finds Dana not herself and completely taken over. The score here is ominous and threatening, but Bill Murray's one-liners show us it's still a caricature of a horror film. In one of the film's most grounded scenes, Ray and Winston are discussing if the recent mystic activity has a relationship to divinity and religion. As they drive across the bridge in a beautiful tracking shot, the piece Judgment Day answers in anonymity. In a film called Ghostbusters, you would think the biggest villain would be something unearthly. Nope. It's Walter Peck, a persistently annoying environmental protection agent, who with the help of police will shut down the ghost storage facility, releasing everything. The obscure track Magic adds to the paranormality and destruction taking over New York. Because of Peck, our heroes get arrested. But they do have a meeting with the mayor to convince him this city needs the Ghostbusters. Using rapture and threats of dogs and cats living together in mass hysteria, he gives them the green light to do what they do best. Cue the track Saving the Day by the Alessi Brothers. In my opinion, the standout track, making you believe just for a second the Ghostbusters really existed. As a kid, this was all I needed to cheer on my heroes. After defeating a hundred-foot marshmallow man and the evil entity, the Ghostbusters release Dana and her neighbor from their outer possessed shells. 
the graceful sounds of the score help float the viewer in elation. With the rapturous applause of the city they just saved, and Peter making out with Dana, how could the film not finish with the completely jovial main track? What a fun ride. Ghostbusters gives everyone a little something. From kids to adults, this self-aware supernatural comedy still hits a home run today. With almost every scene featuring ad-libbing, it's a privilege to watch these talented actors riffing while making us crack up. The soundtrack, although famous for the theme song, is certainly more than that. The Bernstein score giving substance to the romance and the horror, while the other tracks provide tone shifts for the heroism and hijinks. Any moment from this soundtrack will bring fond memories and have me recalling one-liners. Its overall impact has stayed with me ever since that store clerk told us we would enjoy this film. He was right. He just didn't know how right. Join me for the second season in a few weeks. Find me on social media by searching for Listen to the Film. My name is Chamilla. Stay safe, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>